Um, all right. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. And, ah, uh, shit. And we're back. And we are now back. <laughs> Just put all that in. Just leave that. No. That's good. God damn it. That's good. Okay. So um, I went to Comic-Con on Thursday and lined up for the Marvel panel. Yeah, how'd that go? Well, you know, the event wasn't until Saturday, and um, we lined up Thursday, me and like 700 other dedicated fans. Yeah, Um, real heads. Real heads, yeah. We just had to know what was coming next. You know, after Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, that post credit scene, I know me and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe fans were just on edge about what was going to happen. You know, the Avengers are gone. What are they doing next? So, you know, I braved the San Diego weather for three whole days. Uh, didn't leave to shit or piss. People in Deadpool costumes brought us chimichangas in line. It was pretty sick. Damn. Just guys in uh, Doctor Who costumes with full adult <laughs> diapers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Is my that still man, a thing? My man Stormtrooper over here just shit himself. Dude, did you see the, I don't even know his fucking name, like Manuel Lynn Miranda or Lynn Manuel Miranda, the guy from Hamilton, the singer, he apparently was like walking around in a Deadpool costume like the entire weekend and like revealed that it was him. Like, and I'm like, dude, you're a celebrity. You know, you don't really have to do that shit anymore. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I feel like after a couple of celebrities did that where they would walk around in masks and then they like revealed themselves and then like... 30 pop culture websites fucking wrote some shitty article about it. Now now it happens every year. Like, we're supposed to give a fuck. Oh, is this something that happens regularly? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like okay. a big to-do. Gotcha. It's just like, isn't that wacky? <laughs> isn't that crazy that that guy from that TV show you love was, like, at the con? It's just like, no. Who fucking cares? Would you ever do uh, San Diego? If I was paid to do yeah, it, yes. yeah, I bet those table fees are crazy. You fly me out, you get me a nice hotel, sure, fine. I'll I'll sit in the fucking at a table for eight days or however long that fucking event yeah, is. Yeah, it's now. fucking ridiculous. Did you see that somebody made a fucking ice joke at the Eisners? <laughs> what, <laughs> dude? Okay, so <laughs> Wait, yeah, you got to outline this one. You can't just like <laughs> I gotta pull up exactly what it was before I misquoted. Here you go. All right. Mark Evanier, the chair of the Bill Finger Award Committee, opened by joking that Sergio dove under the table after seeing dudes in cop costumes thinking they were ICE agents. Damn. <laughs> after Man, all that's, that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so uh, pretty gross. <laughs> what pretty was his name again? Gross. It uh, was Mark Evanier, E-V-A-N-I-E-R. Right. And, Damn. Uh, yeah, chair of the Bill Finger Award Committee. Well, I can't, I can't wait for him to go on the Rogan podcast. <laughs> but uh, while I was researching this, I did just see something in passing that said something along the lines of, in 2017, somebody made a joke about the KKK at the Eisners. So I guess the fucking Eisners is just... Yeah, that seems to be in line. Dude, the Eisners is the new Def Jam. <laughs> just fucking nerdy white dudes just going hard. <laughs> 
yeah here you go here's a tweet from the article seeing as how my fr- they're quote tweeting the shit that went down seeing how my first year 2017 at the eisners a guy Damn. proudly told the audience his grandfather was the head of his alabama chapter of the kkk and he was proud to write black panther <laughs> okay <laughs> cool that is the weirdest flex yeah. but okay my grandfather was a racist piece of shit so i'm glad that i get to write an african-american comic like what the fuck also i'm white <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> damn <laughs> take that blacks <laughs> damn god damn something else uh, something else our boy rob was talking to todd mcfarlane at uh comic-con and uh Todd is uh, trying real hard to get this Spawn movie made. Did you see the original Spawn movie? The one from like the 90s with John Leguizamo? I only, I genuinely only remember two things about that movie. John Leguizamo and all the bad CGI. Those are the only two things I remember. Dude, so my brother and I used to get flown to LA every summer to- Violator! (laughs) That shit ruled. (laughs) But we had to like go to LA for the entire summer to like spend time with our grandparents on my dad's side, like our Filipino side of the family. And they were super fucking religious. But like once a week we would all go to the movies. So like my brother and I were like trying to convince him to take us to see Spawn. Like, and you know, the only exposure we had to Spawn was like the HBO show, which was pretty fucked up, you know, like kids shouldn't be watching that. Um, and like the pitch to get them to take us to see it was like that he was a hero that was going to defeat the devil in hell. And like my grandparents were fucking mortified taking us to see that movie. Right. They're just like clutching their uh, their uh, crucifixes. <laughs> yeah. They were not happy yeah. about that. Hell but yeah. they didn't leave, though, you know, and at the end of they were just like, sure. hey, it's cool because, you know, I guess he did, you know, take down the devil. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I haven't watched that movie since I saw it in the theater the first time it came out. Um, so I'd, I'd probably rewatch it now and be able to pick up on that. I was too young to realize how shitty the CGI was. I was like seven when I saw that movie. Yeah, man. Uh, Spawn and the devil are raging inside me. <laughs> are uh, people listening to that guy again? What guy? The guy from Brand New, or is he still canceled? I don't know. Why is he canceled? He was like a sexual predator or something. <laughs> <laughs> god damn i feel like every like pop punk or pop punk adjacent fucking guy was like had to have been like a creep well, right look, at, like, look just... at all their lyrics man all they did was obsess about how girls broke their heart you know like so well and they're also their target demographic is like 12 year olds mi- minors <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's also pretty sus <laughs> but you know whatever yeah um, All right, so we got some uh, emails, right? You've got mail. Uh, some questions. Emails don't work too well for us, but we put up. Uh, well, wait, wait, it's a general term. Yeah, when we say emails. Yeah. We, we, mean, we, we like, put up questions on Instagram. So if you guys follow us on Instagram, we uh, put up the opportunity to ask us questions, and a lot of you all do ask us stuff. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, it took y'all long enough. Yeah, we only asked for like the first seven episodes, and now we yeah. have so many fucking questions, we can't even do the show. So. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, you had a couple that you uh, were able to get as well. Um, we'll start off here. I've got one from Mike Prezado, who uh, actually just did a book called Luna, and uh, that book fucking kicks ass. I just got it in the mail. Um, nice. It's like a Moon Knight kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's Mike's Mike's a good dude. Pretty fucking sick. Uh, his question wasn't even a question. He just wrote in all caps, cats. And I'm thinking oh, that yeah. he's probably I love talking about the movie trailer. 
that everybody was talking about last week. I think that's probably what that was about. Um, um, did you see that? The movie trailer for the musical? Everything just... No. Yeah, so if you thought Sonic looked bad, like, character design-wise, these fucking cats are on another level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything just looks like Mortal Kombat now. Yeah. Um, I don't really know too much about cats. Um, I've never seen it. I, I think it has cats in it. Yeah, it's got cats, and I think they just, like, hang out in the trash. I know one of them's name is, like, Mistopheles or Mestopheles or something. Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles. Isn't that a Marvel character? Dude, I think it's in Cats, too. too. Okay. Yeah. Damn. But, My favorite Cats character is Wolverine. Yeah, dude, so sick. I love that he doesn't even have cat ears. He just His hair just does it for him. <laughs> All right, yeah. next question. Um, this isn't even related to comics, but that's okay. Your thoughts on this face app craze? <laughs> Did you download that shit and make yourself look old? Of course I did. You dumbass. Well, and then um, also, like, all the fake outrage from, like, all the liberal friends of mine were just like, oh, no, these Russians are taking our data or whatever. I mean, they probably are, but it's the same people that are, like, taking all our data from Instagram, Snapchat, like, and all I, the rest I only of want it. my data taken away by American companies. My brother <laughs> sent me a screenshot of a tweet about that. <laughs> I've got it right here. It said, <laughs> "Face app gonna have y'all's faces on the side of Pornhub ads." Like this motherfucker grew his cock seventeen inches. <laughs> <laughs> this man did this amazing trick in two weeks. See what happens. Fuck young girls when you're this old. <laughs> <laughs> Try this amazing hack that no one ever talks about. Click here now to learn more. Grow your cock with no pills. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Last longer. <laughs> All right. Oh, a, a Todd McFarlane question. Um, Carlos Aguilar, who uh, does uh, Worship Carlos Mencia. Zine. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does uh, Worship Magazine down in uh, Texas and makes comics. Uh, he asked us thoughts on Todd McFarlane and Spawn. Um, That's not a question. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my thoughts on generic. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, I read Spawn when I was younger. I mean, props to fucking those dudes for doing image. I mean, because even though they're all fucking rich assholes and like cause the comics industry to like collapse with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you if you look at like why they did what they did, that was honorable if you believe the narrative. And the narrative being that, like, they all teamed up because they were like, Marvel's making all this money off of these superheroes and we're getting a fraction of the pie. So, I mean, like, it's cool. Like, Images so let's business model's cool. let just take a dump cool. on the pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sell it to you with six different covers. <laughs> yeah. But this one's holographic and this one has foil. Um, So, I mean, like, I like those guys, like, in the same way that, like, it's fun to make fun of them and they ruined everything, but like I respect them because like they flex so fucking hard and like they're almost like just like the rappers of the comic industry. And oh, to see, me, I, I mean, I just see that stuff as pretty cringy to me. See, like, but here's the thing like, there are people that act like that that don't have a reason to act like that. Like sure, a lot yeah, of the, of yeah, yeah, yeah. but like those guys are like worth like 50 million, 60 million. So they're genuine, like they have like Hollywood money. So like, if they want to fucking flex, then, like, you know, I think that shit's hilarious. Like, the fact that, like, you know, Todd McFarlane, he posted one time on his Instagram story. He was, like, doing what I do best, signing my own name. And it was, like, a video of him just signing autographs. And I was just, like, hell yeah. Like, Isn't that's that a such cell a fucking... Phone? Yeah, it's a dickhead move. Well, no, it's, you know? a, it's a cell phone. It's, like, I, I'm not very good at drawing. So, 
I can the best thing that I can do is write my own name. Yeah. <laughs> but um I can I can uh, sign in cursive. I know the <laughs> alphabet in cursive. A B um, C <laughs> Yeah, I mean so I guess like you know, like Spawn, I never really kept up with it. I've read like the first like, you know, like probably twenty 25 30 issues like because i just feel like i've picked them up in back issue bins in the 50 cent bins and stuff over time um i know that he's about to beat fucking cerebus for the longest running indie comics so that's cool because dave sims a piece of shit <laughs> that guy um, lost his fucking mind <laughs> yeah um so what happened you know, to him <laughs> i who fucking knows man um yeah and also the real quick bit about uh todd he's trying to get a spawn movie made we were kind of talking about the old one earlier and his genius plan that he unveiled at comic-con was uh he needs 20 million dollars that's what he needs and his genius plan was to start a kickstarter where he asked 20 million people because I think that Spawn in 2019 definitely has 20 million people reading it and aware of that character. But he needs 20 million people to donate a dollar, and then he's going to give everybody their dollar back after the box office comes in. So, um, yeah, I don't know where he's going to go with that, uh, but hopefully he can get that made so he shuts the fuck up and uh, doesn't come around for another 15 years, I'm sure. Um, You, You know, I feel like at some point in the late 90s, early 2000s, like Todd was basically the butt of everyone's jokes. I feel like he was kind of universally hated, uh, especially with that whole Mark McGuire thing. Oh, where he bought the ball or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like, there was a period where everybody was just like, mm, "Yeah, no, fuck that guy." <laughs> well, kind of going back to what we always say on the show, he didn't even make his money off comics. I mean, he did, but it was all the fucking toys, right? Isn't that where his empire was? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what I'm wondering is where did that turn happen where people just suddenly thought he was cool again? I think it's nostalgia, man. Uh, you know, that shit's 20, 30 years old now. Hmm. And I he think, you know. He might have calmed down, too. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I follow him and Rob on every social media platform. And, like, just because it's funny to me. Like, both of those guys are just funny because they're such marks for themselves and money marks. Um, that it's just, like, hilarious, you know, because there's a lot of cell phoning going on. But also, like, they're so unaware of it because they live in this bubble where they're just, like, the shit. And that's what's so entertaining about it to me is, like. Uh, yeah they just walk around with like the swagger of a rapper they're just like i'm the shit i got all this money so it's like entertaining and funny but it sucks because like they totally are responsible for killing the business but um you know it is what it is but um you know i guess like i'm a solid like middle on todd i respect his body of work but you know he's like way too detached from like what comics actually are nowadays yeah i mean don't get me wrong i grew up on his spider-man run oh yeah that show was great but I never read Spawn. I I'm going to make the Hobgoblin. Uh, wasn't like the first like issue. Wasn't Hobgoblin like a, a child molester? So there was like a scene where like one of Hobgoblin's goons was like a child molester or something. Probably. That sounds about right. But I don't and think I that was, was him. I mean, he was just drawing. I don't think he was writing it. No, I think it's when he took over the whole book. Wasn't he like when they relaunched? Didn't he do? Oh, when I was reading it, he was doing the Venom arc. Oh, okay. 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 I didn't. Yeah. I didn't read anything past that. I just loved his Venom run. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't, because uh, I never really followed anything of his after that, and I only remember seeing the movie like once or twice as a kid. Didn't didn't watch the animated show. Didn't read the books. I I just kind of didn't care. Even when I was a kid, I thought Spawn was kind of corny. I don't know. I just thought it was like super like chain wallet edge lord bullshit, and I wasn't into it. Even at like the age of eight, I was just like, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> there was that really badass. Um... 
God, what's his name? We talked about him before. Uh, fuck, his name slipped my mind. Uh, Darrow. Darrow did a really fucking awesome, like, spawn pinup in, like, issue 7, 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. It's just, like, a double spread poster that came in one of them that you pull out. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking pretty, of uh, Darrow, I saw sick. he did a cover for one of the slipcases for that new Godzilla Criterion Collection box Dude, set that's going to be coming out soon. I nutted my pants when I saw that. Damn. Man, yeah, the art on that looks amazing, too. Well... And fucking, uh, they've like time, like Barnes and Noble always does that half off sale in June and in November. November? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely, yeah, definitely going to go hit that up and get it for half off. Um, what, it'll be like 300 instead of 600. <laughs> it'll probably be 150. They just did like the big Bergman box set that was like 75 movies. And that yeah, one I think was it's 300. I think it's 170. With that's before half off. Yeah, that's before half off. It'll hell be yeah. So yeah, so that'll be awesome. I'll be able to get it for like less than a hundred bucks. That fucking rules. I didn't really, I didn't really go too hard. I would go hard on those sales and spend like two hundred every time it came up. But yeah, because uh, I mean they released a bunch of really good shit that I still haven't picked up yet. Because I wanted to get that Zatoichi b- uh, box set. Oh I yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. really wanted that Lone Wolf box set, and I have all those movies on DVD already. I don't know. I just don't want to like. Double I've got the uh, I've got the Lone Wolf set. It was pretty nice. Um, yeah, I mean, look great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's more had, the fact that I have these already on DVD. Right, right. Well, and now they've got their own streaming channel. That's why I haven't really been. I didn't oh, buy any this yeah, year for the first right. time. So, right. yeah, if you need it, I'll I'll DM you my login. And and any fucking hater listening to this right now and is gonna DM us like you guys didn't talk about comic stuff for a while. Like Lone Wolf and Cub was a comic, so go fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. I've got nine volumes on my Stop shelf. Stop listening. We don't care. <laughs> Clap emojis. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding um, yeah, please keep listening yeah uh so next questions from yewan uh this is more unrelated to comic stuff but that's okay um what's your favorite album of 2019 so far favorite album yeah hmm i'm gonna have to think about that one so you go ahead first i feel like you probably I mean, have like, a better answer than i yeah, do yeah i've got like pretty much like i guess i just like go off of like what i listen to the most and i guess it has to come out this year um so there's this band from canada called winona forever that i just found on discover weekly uh but they're just like it's like i don't know it's kind of jazzy but it's like jazz is like but it's also kind of reminds me of like that band q and not you from dc um just kind of like weird mathy like weird time structures kind of noodly guitars um that record was really incredible i've been listening to that a lot um and then i think I think the Billie Eilish record came out this year, and uh, you know I know she's a kid, but uh, that's a really good I'm fucking a solid bad album. Guy. Hey, that shit's hard though. Um, yeah, so those are like my two favorite records of the year so far. There's been some like good songs and stuff that have come out, but like standalone albums because I feel like people don't really make albums anymore. They make like five or six singles, and when the record comes out, it's like. Well, the music I listen to anyway, when the record comes out, it's like you've already heard a fucking half of it. So uh, I'm trying to think of like what is actually new that I've been listening to that got released this that's year. What, uh, that's what I'm saying. I just listen to a lot of old shit, but it's like what came out this year. Yeah, I've definitely been listening to the new two mold uh, planetary clairvoyance, but it's just a single. Uh, so I don't really I don't think, you know, we can really count that. Um, Oh, Proto Martyr. They came out with a new record uh, that was pretty good. I haven't really gotten a chance to listen to it a bunch yet, but uh, it's called uh, No Passion, All Technique. That's really good. If you if you uh, post punk heads uh, like that stuff, I don't know. Check it out. Proto Martyr. Proto Martyr. Proto. That name did not uh, did not ring post punk for me at when you Proto said it. But I'm gonna check that out. Uh, Hope Drone has a new record, uh, Forged by the Tide. That's pretty good. Oh, uh, Umberto. They they came out. He came out with a new record, Helpless Spectator, and that shit is pretty good too. 
What else? I think that might be it in terms of like new, new shit that I've been listening to. I tend to just listen to stuff that is like not recent, to be honest. Yeah, same here. So it's like I've been listening to a lot of like old jazz and still just listening to a bunch of bossa nova music. But and I find new shit like that all the time. But, um, you know, it didn't come out this year. So those are my favorite records of the year. Um, next question is also not comics related. It came from Carly, friend of the show. Carly Hack. Carly asked us, I want to hear y'all's G1 winner predictions. Oh, good. Are you caught up on the G1? I am. Well, sort of. I just started uh, the most recent show that that was like a couple nights ago. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, uh, you can fast forward about, I don't know, 40, 50 seconds, maybe a minute. That was a lot. Because we're going to be talking about wrestling stuff. So the last thing I watched, because like I watched the first like four nights all the way through and then I watched like matches I wanted to see. And I think the last show I caught was Okada versus Osprey. Has there been more since then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how many more? No, like two shows, I think. OK, so I need to catch up. I usually catch up on the weekends. Yeah. We should just do this episode as the, the non-comics-ish episode. No, we're talking about comics. <laughs> Shut up. Um, you said you watched what? The Okada Osprey match? I want to say that was the last thing I saw because the night before that was Ishii Moxley. Yep. So that, those were the last two sets of shows that I watched. Okay. Okay. What are you, what website are you on? New Japan World. Oh, okay. Okay. The recent one that aired on the 24th, so that was yesterday, that had the main event of Naito and Ishii. I just started Naito Ishii. That one I've already been told is a fucking five-star banger. Shingo and Ambrose low-key is like a great, great match. I think I... I heard that was actually really good. Yeah, Um, I think I tweeted about it, but basically like Moxley has been doing a great job in terms of telling a very overarching story through the tournament. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, unhinged brawler I'm going to take you on the outside and do some wacky shit with some weapons. Um, but with Shingo, he kind of switches gears and just works his leg the entire night and then makes him. Well, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil yeah. it. But uh, yeah, that match is just like 100 percent just like old school fucking classic wrestling with an A ring psychology type shit it was great so i'm I'm looking at new japan side it looks like i'm only one show behind which is the show you're watching right now so that's cool yeah but the recent the the one that's about to come up is going to have the headliner of okada versus kenta oh shit that's the match because they're both undefeated right now so a lot of people are thinking it's going to be a draw it might be i was actually thinking that because like here's the thing it's like i don't know who's going to win it i mean points wise i mean moxley's undefeated or ambrose i it it take, it's so hard for me to call that guy Moxley. But um Well, you know, if you were watching yeah. if you were a real wrestling fan, you would have known him as Moxley before he signed, you fucking yeah. poser. Well, <laughs> I uh I stopped watching uh in mm. high school and got back into it in like twenty twelve. No, I know. Uh, I'm kidding. So, you know, no, it's okay. Like I totally missed like a lot of that though. Um but yeah, like I mean I don't think he's gonna win it though. Mainly Ambrose because he's won't. yeah I don't think yeah he he's he's in AEW too you know the, so that's like I mean I think the setup is he has the title uh, he has the US title that he won off of Juice him and Juice they don't have their match in the block until the very like last night of the block I think so Juice is gonna upset him so yeah I, that they're setting that match up as a spoiler for Ambrose or Moxley and Moxley yeah. will likely end up losing i mean both of them will not be in the finals because of it right that makes sense okay but but juice will yeah, still win I mean, and that'll give him his title shot again and he'll probably win it back 
Right. And I just think, like, yeah, I don't know who's going to win it at this point because, I mean, Moxley's definitely not. I mean, I can see them just going with Okada and him just setting up, like, I hope it's not Tanahashi Okada again. It makes sense to do Ibushi Okada, but I feel like Ibushi gets hurt, like, every other match now. Yeah. So who knows if he'll make it to January. Um, but I mean, I yeah, think they're I mean, building would, up to Ibushi versus Okada as like some kind of main event. Yeah, somewhere. Um, I would like to see Naito win it just because like he's my favorite dude in there. I think that Ishii is always the he gets his due credit. Like everybody knows that he's good as fuck. But he, every year, consistently, like the past three G ones that I've watched, he's always like been the oh, most he like solid. Puts in the best matches. Easily. Yeah, best yeah. matches always. Yeah. So he's always yeah. my favorite dude to watch. Um. I think Yano's great this year. It sucked last year because they stopped uh, doing. He was trying to do like the fair play thing, which was like good for his character. I understood why they yeah. did it, but like it was something new. Yeah, but I'm glad that he's like cheating and being an asshole again. Yeah, he's um, back to his old shit, dude. <laughs> when he fought Shingo and he tried to like Shingo was surprisingly him in. funny in that. Well, yeah, like and when he just like I forget what it is, but he just like Shingo was coming in trying to beat that twenty count after he like yeah, put all those obstacles in his way and he barrier. threw. Well, he built a barrier and he threw something. Like when he's trying to come yeah. in, he just threw something at his head. Yeah. Like that shit was good. Well, I also i I tend to forget that Shingo like did have a not a comedy run, but he had like a run where he wasn't as kind of stern as he is now. Dude, um, where was he before before he, he was showed in up? Dragon Gate. Okay, at, okay, at a point. okay. Not before New Japan, but he was in Dragon Gate at one point with Moxley. Oh, so they, they know were, each other. They were in the same stable at the time. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So but that's cool been, for them to have a match. This would have been like pre WWE. I was gonna say this is like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six yeah. around there. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, who do you have winning it though? Um. Give a realistic pick. Wait, wait, who what you block? Want to win it. Are you? Are we talking a, right, a block you, and B block you, or the whole thing? Who do you think's winning the A block? Who do you think's winning the B block and the whole thing? Go with that. Okay. Okay. So A block. Hmm, let me see. A block would my guess is probably going to be it's got to be Okada. He's B block, isn't he? No, he's A block. He is A block. A, the A block is Okada, Osprey, Kenta, Evil, Ibushi, Sonata, uh, Fale, Zack Saber Jr., Archer, and Tanahashi. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. All right, I'm going Okada for the A block. I think he's going to go the distance. Um, I think that yeah, I think Okada is actually going to win the whole thing. But the B block, I think that they're going to give it to Naito again, man. No, no. Ibushi beat Naito in the B block last year, right? No, Naito did. Did he? Okay. I think I think it's going to be Naito Okada in the finals again. And I think Okada's going to go the whole way. All right. So my vote for A block is Okada. Because right now it's Kenta and Okada who have the highest points. Ibushi is, what, third? Maybe fourth? Yeah, I was going to say third or fourth. Because Lance Archer's up there, isn't he? Lance is up there. He lost to Kenta, though. And Osprey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, my vote is going to be either Okada or Kenta. You know, honestly, I could see them really, really wanting to, like, pull out something out of out of nowhere, something that's unexpected, and have Kenta win. And that way, Kenta can take the loss in the finals. So, actually, you know what? I'm going to say Kenta takes A block. Okay. All right. And then who do you got on the B block, then? My vote, Taichi, all the way. Are you serious? No, I'm not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, my vote is probably going to be... Taichi. It's probably going to be Naito. Yeah, that's um, what I think, too. Because I don't uh, see Ambro... Or I don't see Moxley going to the finals. Yeah, I, he's going to get up there. It's a monster push. But... It would have to be Naito. It would have to be Naito and Kenta. 
if Okada doesn't take the yeah, A-block. I still think Okada's going to go the whole way. Uh, he did a whole year of jobbing, and I think he's going to be on top for a while. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think man, Kenta's up there. Was was it you? I, I don't. It might have been you. Somebody put on Twitter the other day. They were like, "I don't know if y'all know this, but I don't think Taichi's singing into that mic." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me but i saw that you know it's like hey guys i don't know if i'm the only one but i'm pretty sure it's not singing into that <laughs> yeah that was pretty good <laughs> taichi's been doing really good Man, actually fuck he needs um, some bigger underwear no but i mean in terms of like his matches they, they've been pretty yeah good. Um, i mean the, i guess the person who's actually let me down the most is Cobb. dude oh dude he's fucking horrible like what the <laughs> fuck is that, man? That's so sad. To yeah, me. I'm sorry. Because I was the most hyped about him coming yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, A1. I know that's your boy, and I know you listen. Um, so you can fast forward about 30, 45 seconds. But Jeff Cobb fucking sucks, man. Like, I was like, I thought he was good until this. Well, he came out as a flat earther. Then I was like, man, mm, kind of sus. But, like, this tournament, he has just been horrible, man. He's slow. He just looks like he's... He looks like he just doesn't care. Yeah, he, he looks like he doesn't care. He looks like, you know he's a horrible wrestler compared to the people he's in the ring with, you know, like, which is crazy. Cause I know he's good. Right. So like, I know he can go. So why is he not? Yeah. Going? So this has soured me on that guy. Like I'm anti Jeff Cobb now. I, yeah, I feel like he's taking less risks and really kind of just picking his spots because of ring of honor. Yeah, maybe But Who, that, that could be me. I don't yeah. know. Cause you know, I pointed, somebody pointed out his match with Ambrose was just like dog shit. Yeah, It was bad. And it was, it was probably because of politics. Because Mox doesn't want to get injured, uh, and Cobb doesn't want to get injured. If Cobb got injured, that that makes AEW look bad. If and they're basically you have two guys who are the stars of their own companies, mm-hmm. right? You have Mox for AEW, and you have Cobb at Ring of Honor. Their relationship in terms of with New Japan is already tenuous because Ring of Honor has that that deal with New Japan, but with AEW and all their previous talent that they're absorbing from New Japan, you can kind of tell like they kind of want AEW. They kind of don't want Ring of Honor anymore. And I wouldn't blame them. Ring of yeah, Honor Ring fucking of Honor, sucks. I, mean, I don't know why they if continue Jeff Cobb's their one of your top guys, you're you got a problem, man. I mean, Jeff Cobb's fine, but if he's one of your top he's guys, he's fine, but he should if yeah, if he's your main guy, yeah, that's, then that's not, that's not a good that's look. I mean, you got the the racist ass no. Briscoes. <laughs> right. And, you, yeah, uh, you have uh yeah, you have the homophobe Briscoes. You got Marty Scroll riding his got, contract out. Um Yep. Cuz you know yep, he's you yep. know he's you have, jumping. Um, Brody or whatever yeah, his name yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and then you got PCO who's a badass, but I mean like, you know, PCO's a novelty act that's just awesome, you know, like Novelty act who I think doesn't have many many years no, left. No, no. Especially the types of bumps that dude is taking. No. It's fucking terrifying yeah. watching Horrible. him. Horrible. Um yeah, no, Ring of Honor does not have any long-term plans. You can tell. So, did you uh, see those pictures I, of like when they just ran Hammerstein the other day? No. Dude, they didn't even sell out the top tier. Like, you know, Ring of Honor's always packed that place out and they didn't sell it out. Yeah, cuz now they don't have New Japan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For these shows and that's pretty much what I feel like is their biggest draw yeah. is New Japan. It's never and that was Ring of that was their happened. fault. You know, it was always like the Elite oh, Bullet yeah, Club, absolutely. New Japan, like they should have fucking, you know, like they did lock up the Elite into contracts, but I mean it was like almost too little too late at that point. Um, right. you know, they'd already right. yeah, so Right. And you know what? Fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Honestly, let let Ring of let Ring of Honor die. Like, they had a good run. 5 years ago, I would have said no, they should continue, you know, people should continue supporting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I just like, no, go fuck them. So I don't give a fuck. Like let them die out, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they had a good run, 15, 20 years, whatever the fuck it was. So 
Yeah. Yeah. When you look back at the golden years and be like, man, that was some good stuff. Okay. Bye. Let WWE buy it and uh, put it on their network. Yeah, and- dude. Let, let Sinclair sell off all their shit to them. I don't fucking care. Yeah. So whatever. Oh, <laughs> um, right. yeah. You had some questions. We have one more from Pete, but it's more of like a plug. So I'll do that one last. Did you have any questions uh-huh. on your end? Okay. So Patrick Ian Rooks, who we had on the show last episode, writes, where is the clip? <laughs> I don't know, Patrick. I mean, uh, uh, we met doing your a really nice girlfriend. Yeah. I feel like she probably knows. I don't we're know. Do, Maybe you ask we're her. We're doing a podcast about comics. Obviously, we don't know where that is. Yeah, I mean, clearly. And then your boy, Doug, writes in and asks, does Cam own a Nancy waifu pillow? Look, y'all, this is two weeks in a row that I've gotten, like, Nancy questions with implied sexual Big undertones. Yeah. yeah. I can. In- it's kind of messed yeah. up. Y'all need to get your mind out of that fucking place. And get your mind you right. Know, I don't even think about All that. Right. I don't even think about sex. <laughs> Yo, sex is gay. I don't even know where the <laughs> clit think is. About that shit. So I mean, I don't even think about that gay shit, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Eric Schneider Gutierrez writes in, who uh, runs Really Easy Press. Shout out to Really Easy. Uh, they uh, ask us to talk a little bit more about collaborations, upcoming solo projects, and anthologies. So, uh, actually, that's a good lead-in because we are going to be talking about that in our next segment where we'll be discussing uh, new and upcoming projects that we're doing, but also mostly what the Gutter Gang is doing. Uh, Primarily, we got some uh, good folks in our little circle here that have either just released new stuff or are about to release some new stuff um, that have, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. There's some really great um, some really great books that are currently on the shelves or about to be on the shelves soon. So we'll be talking a little bit about that in depth um, in, the, in the next segment. But before we do that, um, speaking to the Gutter Gang, uh, fellow friend of the show, Pete. Uh, what's Pete's last name? I always forget. Uh, he goes by Pete. Fakey? Pete Serafinowitz. Okay. Uh, but Pete uh, is an, uh, one of the organizers of a really cool show that I haven't done yet in Minneapolis called uh, Autoptic. Yeah. Have you done Autoptic yeah. before? I did it last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a good time? It was fun. I mean, I didn't sell many things, but it was fun. And I I mean, it, I'll take any excuse I can get to hang out with the Minneapolis crew. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll be there, uh, but it is next year. 2020 um but it looks like on august 17th they are uh doing something on their youtube channel at autoptic tv so they are doing a live stream on saturday august 17th from noon to 5 p.m of local artists demonstrating their drawing techniques and fulfilling illustration requests live for the viewers so if you go to youtube on their uh website autoptic.org that's a-u-t-o P-T-I-C dot O-R-G. You can find the link there. And on August 17th, noon to five, they'll be doing live drawings and taking requests to raise funds for Autoptic. Uh, it looks like they've secured a really badass venue. There's a picture of it on the site here. It looks like uh, an old theater almost. It uh, looks really fucking cool. Um, they've got to raise $1,500 by August 1st. You streaming that? Well, that doesn't make sense. The site here says they need to reserve the space by August 1st and they need $1,500. So I guess to recoup the losses... That's what the stream on August 17th is for. So yeah. um, feel free to donate there because the venue looks really nice. Pete's a really good dude. I'm not sure who else is involved with that, but I'm sure it's really good people as well. Um, Autoptic is on August 15th of 
2020 at the Great Hall of the Kaufman Memorial Union. Right. They're skipping this year to kind of reorganize and figure out their game plan for next year. And uh, yeah, it looks like uh, 2018. I'm looking at the special guests and everything. They had some heavy hitters there. So uh, it looks like a pretty awesome show. Hopefully some of the Gutter Gang will be there next year, and I'll definitely be streaming that to uh, help out with the uh, fundraising for that. So if you guys have anything to throw in, that's on their YouTube channel at Autoptic TV on August 17th from noon to 5 Central Standard Time. I think they're on Central, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yep, Minneapolis. Also, um, you know, this is going to be the first announcement. Uh, Gutter Gang will be the special guests of honor at next year's autop i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> they don't want us there <laughs> uh we're gonna be there because they feel obligated to let us in uh so we'll see you there you know what's crazy is we didn't even like plug those shirts that we did on an episode no we didn't and because you, like and you still sold a bunch yeah damn uh, i don't know if that's a bunch but uh i mean it's not bad but i mean like i don't know if that's like good or i don't know what the t-shirt game is like you know like because i listen to virtual pros and they're like oh, y'all, y'all ain't selling shit so I, I would assume that uh, you know i don't know what it, i don't know what this business is uh lvac's cool to work with i've been emailing with those guys they seem to be pretty cool yeah lvac's prices are really good man yeah yeah pretty solid. i mean the, the i think what it is is like you know it, it's very affordable and the quality is always there yeah i've, I've never made t-shirts before though so this is the first time i've ever made shirts they're they're super you know they're good i think the time that they take is worth it because everything always looks really good they're probably just smoking a lot of weed that too i don't know man they're in bethlehem like i don't know what else are they doing right i don't know that's where jesus was from right you said it man nobody fucks with the jesus all right guys thanks for listening uh we'll be back after the break that's how's good. that how's that all right <laughs> that's fine that's a good that'll do until i until i make a better one yeah We'll be right back. I'm fed up with this comic. It's boring. What you need is a real adventure. Hey, Here, try Eagle. Thanks. Hey, it looks great. Eagle is the new boys' adventure comic with a difference. It's got real lifelike adventures in fantastic photo stories, the famous Dan Dare and the return of the Mekon. Special interest features plus a free space spinner. Eagle's real adventure. Eagle, out now. Now, back to our program. Back to Gutter Boys. 1085, the Gutter Gang. Oh, we didn't plug what episode this is. What is this, 12? I don't fucking know, dude. 13? Who cares? Yeah. All right. Who fucking cares? No one fucking gives a shit. I don't give a shit. Do you give a shit? Only when we hit 50 and 100. All right, hold on. Let me pull it. Yeah, 50. Uh, That'll be a fucking miracle. All right, this is going to be episode 12. (laughs) All right, 38 more to go, y'all. Episode 12, we have 92 plays so far in episode 11. 92 times people listen to that dog shit. <laughs> wow. That's really sad. <laughs> you, what the fuck are you people doing with your lives? Uh, episode 12 of the Gutter Boys. Uh, Cam, what are we talking about in this segment today? Uh, we're going to talk about stuff we're about to come out with and that our friends are putting out and books that we're excited about coming out. The last few episodes have been pretty heavy with like, you know, 
yes. serious content. And yeah, so we're going to talk about like, you know, we're going to get to the root of what this is and it's comics. So uh, uh, what are you excited right. about coming out, man? Or actually what's out? Anything that's caught your eye or that you're looking forward to reading? I mean, SPX is coming out. A lot of people debut books at that show. Understandably, I'm doing it. You're doing it. We're all doing it. We're doing it, guys. Uh, yeah, so at San Diego Comic-Con, there was a couple of pretty good, pretty big reveals for some upcoming books made by some good close buddies of ours. Um, one in particular uh, that I think we should talk about in depth. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Nicole, uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we talk to each other uh, pretty regularly, and I still, to this day, don't know how to pronounce her last name. Is it go, um, go, go, G O U G E? How's it spelled? G O U X? Go, Nicole, the greatest person of our generation. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Nicole uh, was revealed to be the artist on a new young adult book for DC. Uh, In particular, it's going to be a reimagining or updated version of um, Cassandra Kane, or as many of you fucking nerds know her as Batwoman. No, Uh, Batgirl. Oh, it's Batgirl? Yeah, and she was badass, dude. She was like the blind, like, mute. Or no, she was mute. Yeah. She was mute, right? Isn't that her deal? Yeah, I think they are still making her mute. I think that's still a thing. Yeah, Yeah, like, her, the way she talks is through combat. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) it's like Gun Kata. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, yeah, Nicole's been pretty hyped about, you know, getting this finally done, and, and her work is exceptional, obviously. Um... It's I don't know. I think it's really great that DC is doing more. I, I noticed that their their young adult line of books have been leaning more into getting sort of non-traditional superhero artists and yeah. getting people kind of outside that realm. Um, and I don't know, just making it exciting again and, and speaking to a newer audience to get new readers because God forbid you try to attract new readership instead of pandering to the same 20 fucking losers that live in their parents' basement. Yeah, and I mean, they're doing way better of a job. Like, I mean, I've I've always been more of a DC guy, but um, they're doing way better of a job to at least try to open up more avenues into comics than Marvel is. I agree, yes. So, you know, props to them for that. I've actually got, in that same announcement, uh, Robin Smith, I don't know if you know Robin Smith, but Robin, um, I met them at SPX last year. They did that book. Um, The book they were working with last year was called Wash Day. But uh, Robin is doing art for one of those DC books as well. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one it is. Um, it was one of the, to be honest with you, I wasn't familiar. But I'm just really glad that they are reaching out to artists that are not, you know, traditional. Because, I mean, even uh, Jeffrey Brown is doing a Batman and Robin book for that line. And oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, like, you know, he was doing the Star Wars stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure he's a name. Oh, Nubia. Nubia is what Robin's doing. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's cool, though. It's really fucking cool that they're taking a gamble on, like, these new artists. Like, I wouldn't say Jeffrey Brown is a gamble. No, but I mean, like, for a DC book, Jeffrey Brown, like, a kid would pick that up and be like, oh, well, I mean, I guess Batman and Robin doesn't really need to sell more copies. That's going to sell because of who it is. So, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't see that example. as a gamble, especially if you're yeah. on something like Star Wars. That's not exactly... Yeah. A risk to, I mean, I don't know. I have my opinion. No, He's I mean, nice like, dude, but like but Nicole, Nicole yeah. and Robin getting the rub there is exactly. You know, I think that's them. a bigger deal. Yeah, that, I think that's what I mean by that. Not yeah. Jeffrey Brown. I, but yeah. Jeffrey Brown getting to play in that sandbox is pretty crazy, though. You know, like, cause I, guess I mean, so. 
I, I, he did do the scholastic stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, did, I mean, I'm assuming you knew him from his indie stuff too, right? Yeah. 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 Like his diary comics. Yeah. So yeah. And his like robot book is like go bots kind of rip. Oh off yeah. Thing. Just see, I don't really like that shit, but I it's like his fine. Indie comics. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like anything that I would. I didn't even check it out. I sound like yeah. an asshole, but I didn't no, even check no, no, no. It's, yeah. it's fine. He's doing okay. I'm pretty sure if he, if he doesn't listen to this, but even if he did, I don't think he would care. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so those are pretty cool. I know those all got announced. Um, and like, I think they were announced a little before Comic-Con, but they definitely showed pages of shit at Comic-Con. Um, so that's super cool. And I think that all comes out like starting in the fall this year, going in the next year. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think what, uh, what is exciting too, is that with DC doing stuff like this, it's like triggering all these comic gates people. Oh yeah. Um, and it's basically the same, like one bot guy who has like, <laughs> two followers and has a Deadpool fucking logo icon and tattooed on his forearm. And just right. And just like says the creepiest shit that just doesn't make any sense at all. Like it looks like a Kachka, but it just happens to be racist or sexist. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think m- more publishers should be doing this, uh, especially mainstream ones that have, I don't know, like Marvel and DC are kind of like the WWE of, of the industry. So like, I feel like whatever they're doing is indicative of sort of the overall, I don't know what you want to say, or the in ecosystem of, of the comic industry as a whole. Which is why the comic industry fucking sucks right now, because they're not doing shit. Right, because they're not, um, no one wants to DC's take making steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, DC's making steps. Yeah, yeah. And DC is definitely, Marvel fucking, they're just relaunching X-Men again for the 90th time, you know, new number one again. So, I mean, it's a broken system, but props to DC. And I mean, and comics are kind of confusing to like normal people, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like to like get into a comic, like there's a lot to dissect there because like they never really stop when it comes from one of the big two. You know, Batman's been going for 80 years. And I think that even though it sucks that DC got rid of Vertigo and all that stuff, I think DC breaking it down into three publishing imprints that are also labeled as DC. I think that is kind of good for like your first time reader. Like you'll know DC's where the superheroes are. DC black labels yeah. where like the mature stuff is and DC you yeah. or whatever the fuck they're calling the youth line. Like it's they're they're trying to streamline it. So that's cool. Yeah. Um speak on it, bro. Speak yeah, on it. Yeah, but so you know I, I really can't hate on them for that. Um yeah. so you yeah. know it's it's a good step forward. And and I saw that they were uh, going to start making a lot more of their books returnable. Yeah. Oh, so that's in like smart. big titles okay. where Marvel doesn't do that. So, okay. I mean, like that makes the retailer, you know, feel like they can put those books on the shelves. So, I mean, props to them because DC realizes that, you know, they can't really bite the hand that feeds them, even though they're the industry, you know, without. Yeah. Well, I, I think they're also taking more risks in terms of like just investing in more talent instead of leaning on the same three guys. Well, and they do those retreats and camps now. Have you seen that stuff? No, no. So they do these things. It's called, and they'll do like an anthology once a year called like the new talent. It's, it's called something along those lines, but like there's like 12 spots, 12 writers and 12 artists. And like, they go on this like two week retreat and they're like picked and like they work with like the Scott Snyder and like the big guys and like they teach them how to work in the DC way, but at least they kind of cool. try to develop and open up workshops like that. I think it's pretty cool too. Nice. So yeah. So props that's very, to them. Very good. You know, yeah, that's very, that's they're good. trying. You know, we'll they see what trying. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a listener of the show, Aubrey Sitterson. Yeah. They got a book out right now called "No One Left to Fight" on Dark Horse with art by uh, Fico Osio. I believe that's his name. 
Yeah, I read it. It's sold out, and it seems to be doing pretty well. Um, yeah, there's a so big hype train on this that. book. Yeah. Uh, holy shit, I have not seen a book at this much press in a while. It's crazy, man. Like, I mean, because he's like, you know, and you see that even like, and I'm not even hating, but like, you know, I, I follow Chip Zdarsky, and Chip Zdarsky's not, he's like top of the line at Marvel, and he's not tweeting out like Entertainment Weekly write-ups, nope, you know, nope, so I mean. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty big, you know, and I don't know if it's like one of those things that we're just like in the bubble because we know Aubrey, so we see it more. Um, but I mean, like it's getting a lot of mainstream outlets and like, I see like a lot of people tweeting about it. Yeah. I mean, I read it. It was a really fun book. Definitely. And it wears it on its sleeve. It tells you, uh, that it's a Dragon Ball homage. So, uh, if you're into like the original Dragon Ball, like that quirky kind of story with some fighting, uh, this is definitely a book you should check out. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, down the list, we've got a new book on Image called Unearth. I believe it's on issue two right now uh, by uh, Cullen Bunn and then uh, Kyle Strom. I don't think he listens to the show, but I do know him. He's pretty cool. And then uh, Baldemar Rivas, who's an awesome fucking artist. Most of those guys are in Kansas City, Missouri, um, which is also where Buster is. I actually met Baldemar through Buster, uh, Buster Moody, and uh, his art is insane and that kid is like half my age it is upsetting um (laughs) um, but man the the stuff that he's doing on this book looks really really fantastic like there's really nothing like it in my opinion dude colin bunn's one of those guys who like does 13 books a month and i'm like how do you have the fucking time like literally he has like probably like every month he's probably got five or six books on the shelf yeah, it's crazy. I, mean, it's I know he's the like, writer, but I mean, he's writing so fucking much. It's almost much. like if you're a writer, you're not doing as much work. <laughs> That's wild. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the book looks great. I think it's doing pretty well. The interiors that Baldemar's doing is just fantastic. I mean, his color palette is fantastic. His line work is great. His, his figures are awesome. I, I, his stuff just stands out, you know, like it just very much is his own. And I think that's important in contemporary comics. You don't want to look like just another Marvel artist or another DC artist. They're mm-hmm. a dime a dozen. And luckily, he's smart enough to know that, you know, he, he needs to stand out. And he does. So I'll have to check. It's called Unearth. Unearth. Yeah, it's a, it's a horror comic, too, which is cool. Okay. I think that's also awesome. I want to see more horror comics on the racks and doing well. That is, I think, dude. That important. uh, that book that uh, Colin did called Harrow County or Harrow County with uh, that Tyler Crook guy. Yeah, yeah. That was a great book. Uh, Tyler Crook's stuff was really awesome, like that watercolor kind yes. of based stuff that he does. Yes, yes, yeah. And, uh, so Vanessa that was Del a really Rey has comic. a Vanessa Del Rey has a horror comic too that uh, she's been doing. That Redlands uh, book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, the yeah interiors yeah. look fantastic too. Also, another artist who just stands out. There's no one else that looks like hers. Yeah, that book was pretty good. I read the first three or four. I lost track yeah. of it after that. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick it up in trade, but it was it was pretty good. And um, probably next episode, uh, we'll have we'll have uh, the interview I did with Vanessa on because uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting kind of discussion that we had about her background and kind of her work. Uh, I had no idea she was originally in animation before she got into comics, which I thought, oh, okay. I thought was really cool. interesting. Um, but yeah, she's an amazing talent and a really sweet person and, and yeah, she rules. She could also probably bench press me with one arm. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get a competition between, uh, Vanessa and, uh, MS going then who can bench Ooh. the most. Yeah. They're, let's, I mean, let's they're gas both, them up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm into this. They both own cats. They both work <laughs> out a lot. They're both babes. 
Uh, yeah, that'd be a really good matchup, actually. That'd be damn. But their their artwork is so different now that I think about yeah. it. Book like, it, holy Pete. shit! Book it at Autoptic. Hell yeah, brother! Fucking main event. Um, <laughs> um, another comic I'm really stoked about. Friend of the show, Blake Gutter Gang member. Hell I've read his yes. new book, uh, Logar. Uh, yeah, he dude, sent it to me. So, I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet. I'm sorry, Blake, but I yeah, read it. um, I read it and like it's Blake's honestly like the most like prolific friend that i've ever met in like real life like blake's just like oh, he pumps him we'll out. have like 85 fucking pages that he throws away yeah you know like so yeah. um but this book like i think it's pretty much like everything that i've seen of blake's like all condensed into like one volume you know oh, like yeah. it's got the it's got that humor there it's got like his like drawing like there's like i I, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember there was like a like one of the title pages. It's just like the barbarian character like taking a piss on a tree and his ass is just hanging out. And I just laughed at it just because like Blake's so fucking funny yeah. as is and like his writing's funny. But I'm just like this is a great like first introduction to the character. This you know, um, and uh, there was like he posted a page a panel from it on Instagram. But like just like the dialogue and it's really fucking funny. It's an action comic, you know. It's definitely an action comic above yeah, everything but it's, it's got but a lot of comedy in it yeah it's got a lot of comedy in it and uh it'll be really cool to see blake printed in like color i think he's doing it in color for spx um, yeah it's, it'd be one thing if like i mean the sheer volume of work that he puts out it'd be one thing if it was all just ink stuff you know just like black and white that's still a lot yeah but then the fact that you realize oh like all of this is also full color like that's fucking right. crazy <laughs> yeah because he'll do like the books that he prints in black and white but if it's online it's usually colored you know so yeah, that's insane uh ms is even like um f- you know fuck I, this is all black and white i'm not coloring this yeah they i mean they're process they're process heavy so i get that but yeah man blake really puts in the time yeah. i don't know where and- he he's excellent at everything you know like i mean uh, one thing that like blake does super well that's there's a lot of blood in this book and like i don't know what brush he's using for like the blood spread or the like the splatter but it's super sick there's blood everywhere in this book but it's fucking hilarious like uh but yeah this is gonna be really good and i think that if you know blake's work i think you'll really like this and if you don't know blake's work i think this is an amazing starting place yeah so that book's gonna fucking rule um uh also, we got uh, Patrick, yeah, who uh, I guess can't find the clit, uh, but he can find <laughs> his new book that he finished. Uh, yeah, Celery Stocks at Midnight number four just came out. I don't have a copy yet. Pat, what's up with that? Um, no, I'm Come just kidding. On, I've, got, I've got some stuff to mail you too, man. Um, Come but, on, uh, Pat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that in the mail, and I'm pretty sure that at SPX, he's going to have number five. Um, so. Okay. Cool. He's he's working at number five, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, so I haven't read it yet, but one through three were awesome. It's like a body horror comic that like Pat is just a real student of the game. If you've never seen his work, um, I know we had him on here, but like he does a lot of stuff that's like an homage to like older comics, which like mm-hmm. sucks if it's not done right. But Pat does it right. So, yeah, I feel like he reminds me a lot of a Jim Rugg in a lot of ways, just in terms of like how they approach the medium you oh know? yeah yeah like, straight up him and him and pete are like as far as like people i know personally like the most like the oh, two pete, individuals yeah, that are like right, student yeah. of the games like always trying to learn about process and like you know just really deep heads so pat and pete are like the two biggest heads i know as far as like comics history and like 
actually like trying to approach the medium from like a educational standpoint i feel like so yeah just yeah both of them put out incredible stuff so and i mean like pat i never thought pat's work was like bad but like if you look at ripple from last year compared to this celery stock stuff this year it looks completely like it looks like a whole new dude doing it so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah. he's learning very quickly yeah and that's not a knock on ripple because i think ripple looks great but i mean it's just like leaps and bounds ahead of that so the progress that he's made it's yep. really cool to see that that's what i love about comics too is like seeing everybody progress because everybody starts off just making them and then like you continue to make them but you start to find your own style and your own little niche so that's really cool yep. to see develop um yeah yep, yep. Uh, Girl in the World by Caroline Cash is coming out in September, and yep, yep, Silver Caroline, Sprocket. yeah, Silver Sprocket's putting that out. Um, <laughs> uh, Caroline, I met them at CZF this year and got one of their comics, and I forget what it was called, but it had a red cover. Um, it was their new one. Uh, sorry, Caroline, uh, if you listen, I forget the book title, but incredible stuff. Uh, a comic that. I am so stoked to just see because like I was just so floored by the stuff that I got from them at CZF and cake this year. So I'm really excited to read that. Um, the synopsis that I saw was like, apparently it's like it takes place over one night and it's just like a bunch of stories that I don't know if they intertwine or not, but it's a bunch of stories that happened on one night. So it should be yeah. pretty good there. Um, yeah. Caroline's work is phenomenal. I, another, I feel like, Caroline and, and Ye Wan and just like a lot of the people in our circle in Chicago are some of the best currently doing it in the small press game, in my opinion. Yeah. I, and I, and you know, I don't know if that's us living in the bubble. Sure. But I, mean, I mean, that's definitely you know, biased. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, like uh, it's kind of crazy because, you know, it's to the point now where it's like, you know, I have my favorite cartoonist and I, I pretty much read everything, man. Like I, I realized this year that like I've pretty much bought like every book that Fantagraphics or Drawn and Quarterly's put out this year and read it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we got, like we got Anya too here and Lance. Yeah. And-, and, and that's the thing is like my favorite worker uh, cartoonists are all from that Workers. area. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Brother, your like, work rate is something else. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's true though. I mean, yeah. like they're all from like, you know, they're all my best, all my best friends are who are making like, not best, like all my best friends in comics, you know, like they're the ones that are making the best work. You know, I read, uh, henry enrique's last book the oh, duel yeah. of roses holy mm-hmm. fuck dude like mm-hmm. issue two is um, they're yeah, working like, on it right now you know like it i i'd seen henry's work online but that was the first like long long form story i'd read yeah and like the world building there like yeah. he has a drawing of like a cafe and like those few drawings i'm just like fucking just floored by like i'm yeah. just like you know so it's Everybody's beautiful interiors, like in terms of like uh, spaces, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just incredible, incredible fucking stuff. And it's like, you know, even they feel my, like, lived in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they don't look like they 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 seem real, you know, like for the world, especially the world that he's trying to build. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Just incredible stuff. So I'm stoked about that. Um, and yeah, it's cool because like, you know, like everybody's work that I'm stoked about. It's like, I just happen to be friends with them now. So I'm, I'm definitely biased, but I mean, like they're just making good work. And I, I believe that but, even if I wasn't their friend, I would yeah, still I, enjoy that. I don't work. even think you can say that it's a, you know, being trapped in a bubble per se, because like talking, talking to the people at different shows and stuff, we always bring up Chicago and the scene, the, the small press scene, scene there. And it's always the thing that constantly gets repeated is Chicago is where small press comics is like, 
really the kind of the feeding ground of where new ideas are coming. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's been like that, you know, yeah. like it's, it's not like it's like this new thing. I mean, even cause aren't clouds and, uh, Chris wears definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- those are two of the Mount Rushmore of indie comics easily. Yeah. So, you know, and they're fucking from there. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely it, it yeah, I would say, yeah, Chicago is probably the best comic scene. I mean, cause even, some of the heavy hitters live there. Like, you know, like I'm pretty sure like don't like Jill Thompson and like Brian Azzarello live there. And like Jeff Darrow was there. Darrow used to live here until he moved to France. Yeah. Like, I mean, so um, but Jay, Jenny Friesen's here. Um, Steve, uh, Steve Seeley, uh, Tim Seeley, a bunch of other people, Sean Dove, amazing illustrator, C- Corinne. I'm, I'm forgetting about, I mean, Andy, Andy's here. Mike. Who's one of the Frey tape organizers now? Frey Height, yeah. yeah Frey yeah. Height, he's he's a he's a boy. Love Mike. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a, just a plethora of talent. Sage, I could go on. I yeah, mean, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm missing right. a lot of names here, but uh, the the point is, is that it's there's a deep just, pool, uh, very deep pool. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Ye One, uh, and both of us are going to be in this. Uh, Ye One is assembling Pallor Pink Volume Six, and uh, I'm I'm going to have a piece in it, and I'm really stoked that I made the cut because I know there was a lot of applicants, and I think they narrowed it down to like twenty something. So I feel honored to even be in it. But it's a Western themed issue, so it's going to be a lot of stories about cowboys in the Wild West, cowgirls, you know, maybe some horses in there. I know Rockna from Late Comeback's going to have a piece in there. You're going to be in there. Um, Henry Enrique is going to be in there, too. I'm trying to think. Who else is in there? I know there's a lot of people in that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yewan was saying that this was the most number of submissions that they've received ever for Pallor. So um, I am interested to see how this volume is going to turn out in terms of just the number of people that are going to be involved in this one. Right. It'll probably be pretty thick. They're always usually pretty big anyway, but... Yeah, I mean, submissions are going to be pretty limited in terms of page number. Like, I'm only probably going to do, like, maybe three. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm working between three and four right now. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually had anything uh, Riso or Riso printed, so uh, pretty really? stoked about that. Yeah, so this will be my first time. I really don't even huh. – it's kind of intimidated. Like, I'm just going to do the line work, and then um, I'm going to bother one of you all to explain to me how to color. Like, I know how to color, I mean, but, just think of it as screen printing. So just different layers. Yeah, just like flats, basically. And if you want to do gradients, you can do gradients. Just, um, just do the gradient, but don't do do not make it into a screen tone. Okay. Just leave it as a gradient, and then the uh, riso printer will figure out the rest. Hell yeah! Well, I only do solid colors anyway. I'll do screen tones sometimes, okay. but yeah. So this yeah. should be all right. All right, hell yeah! But no, I'm stoked yeah, to be yeah. in that, and I'm stoked to read it, and not just because I'm in it. You know, I love reading myself, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but it'll just be really cool to uh, see that come together because I've read the last three volumes. I think I have those three, the last three, and uh, they were always like there was always really good stuff in there, like some stuff I'd never seen. I think it's a really cool uh, publication to pick up if you're looking for something new because you're always going to find mm-hmm. something new and interesting in there. Like there's never really any rhyme or reason to what goes on in there outside of that issue's theme. So it's a really cool book, and I'm excited to be working on it. Yep. Oh, also, um, uh, going back to Yewan, uh, Yewan and, uh, Gabby, Enrique's partner, and, uh, Ben, obviously, Ben Yewan's partner also, and MS Harkness all had readings at the, uh, Pitchfork event, um, at, I believe it's called Book Fort. Not 100% sure what Book Fort is or why they were at Pitchfork. 
but I think it's really cool that they were invited to do a reading of their stuff and kind of get, I would say, probably an audience that's not used to that, uh, exposed to some really great small press books. So that's really awesome. And I think, uh, uh, like, I don't give a shit about Pitchfork, but I hope this leads to more opportunities like that to get sort of broader audiences to small press comics. Yeah. And I mean, did you end up being able to get in there or did you just hang out afterwards? No, I hung out afterwards. I, okay. my buddy that, my buddy that usually gets tickets wasn't going to be in town this that weekend. And so I wasn't able to figure out a thing. And uh, I, I don't know. Getting back on track. I think we, we covered all the books though that we wanted to talk about. So there's something else I can't, remember oh oh yeah yeah yeah. eric schneider gutierrez uh eric is uh you know really easy press he's uh him and i i we've talked about this before i'm sorry we we've been working on that daikaiju team alpha book uh we are about a little over the halfway mark now i'm hoping to get it finished within the next two weeks at the most okay um i still got i still got a lot of work to do i still have maybe 10 more pages no yeah, yeah, about 10 more pages that I have to pencil and ink. Um, and then Eric is going to flat everything and color it because he's, you know, printing it. He's printing it at his place on, with the, his uh, Rizo, Rizo printer. Hell yeah. And uh, it's going to be a uh, faux CMYK, four-color process, um, process, uh, you know, whatever. And um, I don't know, did, have, have I shown you any of the pages yet? I don't think I've seen been... any pages from this. I've seen some stuff okay. you've been working on recently, but I don't think it's from this. It might be from that. It's the monsters. Oh, know, the, okay. The, okay. The mecha, the mecha yes, fighting yes. the monster. Yeah, that's well, that's all that. from that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and he's he's been kind of keeping up to date with all of his stuff and all the progress that he's been making. And his pages look phenomenal because Eric is an amazing artist. Uh, but we are very different in terms of how we approach things. And uh, so his stuff is a little more design oriented. It's a lot cleaner, you know, than my stuff. My stuff is like a little rough around the edges, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's a little more loose, I guess you could say. I don't know. I'm really bad at describing my own stuff. But I think, uh, you know, in terms of how we're going about doing it and, and comparing pages, we're, we're kind of on the same page in terms of how we want the book to look. And I think it will end up being pretty seamless, even though you will be able to tell who's doing what. Right. Uh, I think it'll, I think it won't take the reader out in any sort of way. And yeah, yeah. And it's funny too, because he's doing everything in like traditional process. He's using pencils and inks on paper. All of my stuff is 100% digital. If you were to, when you look at those pages when they're done, you're going to think it's the, the other way around. You're going to think his stuff is all illustrator based and mine was all on, on paper, pencil and ink because mm-hmm. we just work differently that way. But then he was showing me his process pages and it was like all these like, hyper clean lines and angles and just everything's like super sharp and geometric it looks like stuff you would see in illustrator you know right right he's doing it using traditional tools so you know i gotta hand it to him i'm the one that's taking the shortcut really yeah hell yeah all all this messy bullshit in in in, you know photoshop or whatever i'm definitely looking forward to checking um, that out that'll be pretty dope are you having that for spx or is it probably probably too close yes that will be for spx um i'm gonna have that uh I don't know if I'm going to be able to have my book that I've been wanting to put out ready. So it'll mm-hmm. probably – that book will probably have to wait until after SPX sometime around my – probably around November, which yeah. is, you know, whatever. Um, but that's going to be that anthology book I was telling you about. The title is still tentative, but it'll collect some unpublished comics stories uh, and then I'll also have like one or two <coughs> serialized stories that will just be continued in each new book. 
Yeah. And uh, the aim is to make those quarterly. So, you know, basically a ripoff of eight ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, fuck like, it. You know, don't fix what's format. not broken. Good format. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, gr- it's a great system. If you want to pitch a book, you'll have it done. You just, you know, you, you take those serialized stories and you collect them and you throw them at a publisher and hope to God that they, they bite. So. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, that's going to be something fucking really sick to look forward to. I'm looking forward to checking that out because, I mean, the stuff I've seen looks awesome. So I'm always a fan of you, yours uh, as well, even though you're a friend. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. You've got, you got some stuff in the in your pocket, the back pocket. Too, yeah. Uh, well, we're both going to have Patrick uh, Rooks is doing like a little mini compilation newsprint comic thing that I've got one page for. Um, and he wants me to do like the bio page for it. it's just me, you, Dylan, and Blake and him in it. I think just the SPX table, and I think he's just doing it for SPX. Um, so I'll have a pay a one page story that I'm actually I worked on it today that I'm going to have in there, and then I'm actually going to have a new book in September. It's late comebacks putting it out, but I'm doing it. It's almost like a I don't even I'm sure this has been done in comics, but where I'm doing it with Rockna and I approached it the idea because like when I used to listen to punk, I, do they do bands still do split records? Is that still a thing? Like uh, split records? Yeah, albums? like split yeah, albums. Yeah, that's still a, is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So like I was like approaching it like I'm doing. She wrote me a uh, six page story to draw, and then I wrote her a six page story to draw, and then we're each doing four pages of our own. So we each get some stuff that we are both writing and illustrating, and then we're each doing a story for each other. And Late Comeback's putting that out, and we are going to drop that at SPX. So um, it's pretty awesome because I think we're only shooting for it to be like 20 pages a story. Um, so I've only got to finish 10 pages between now and SPX. And I've actually already been working on that. So um, my workload is relatively light compared to this time last year when I had like 30 in front of me. So um mm. but yeah i've never you know done a book with like another person i'm sure that's been done like a two-person book but um i've never seen it in this format so trying something new there that's exciting yeah and plus like i'm a huge fan of rockness stuff so um yeah you, you know it's funny um so listener of the show andy hood he's a he's a comic artist but he's also roommates with um another local chicago comic artist david alvarado Okay, dude, I picked up one really of David's awesome. books at Cake, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, David's great, and his work is fucking just really fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, really just fun. I, I don't know how else to put it. And, I mean, they're really well done. It's just there's a life to them. But anyway. Yeah, so I was at um, – actually, I was at Mike Santino's place uh, last weekend. When when MS was in town, um, we – me, her brother, and I went to um, Santino and Anna's place – uh, his uh, wife, uh, who's also a zine maker and one of the org- lead organizers at the Chicago Zine Centino's Fest. wife was the uh, woman who, when we showed up early to CZF, that was the one running the table, right? Yep. Okay. I thought so. Okay. I yep, met them yep, this yep. year as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and they have a, a adorable house. Like, it is real, real cute. Um, it was hot as shit in there. <laughs> um, we had a scorcher this past weekend. Anyway, uh, and we were all hanging out outside. Uh, There's a good number of comic people, obviously, um, like uh, Corinne and Scott. Um, I don't know if you know who they, they are. Scott I know Corinne. Does. Corinne, I met Corinne at Cake. They're right across from us. And I yeah, they were one of the guests. Them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 
um, and and her husband Scott, who does Princeploitation, which is a really large format uh, exploitation horror genre movie magazine. It's really great. Um, I was in the last issue, and that one is probably the best one that they've done, which is saying a lot because they always do put out some really great issues. That's the uh, only one I've seen. It was really good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did some. I mean, articles in there are really good, too. Anyway, yeah, yeah so they were there, um, but Andy approached me and was just like, hey, uh, you know, I've been listening to the podcast, and uh, I listened recently to less or the semi-recent episode where you interviewed uh, Late Comeback Press. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was telling me how he checked out their work because of it, and he was, like, really impressed by their work. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and we were just, you know, talking about – we were especially talking about Rachna's art – just her aesthetic and her approach in mm-hmm. general. And yeah, he was really impressed. He also loved your stuff too. He was talking about how much he was just surprised and blown away by, by your work. So there you go, Cam. Thanks. Big ups. Thanks. Um, I haven't, uh, I don't think I've met him. We follow each other on social media, but I have not met Andy, but I look forward to it. I, he's Chicago based. Cause you said it. He, yep. yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'll yep, catch yep. you. I'm always there. Uh, it shows. So I'm sure I'll meet you in real life soon. So I appreciate that. And yeah. Um, from what I've seen you post, I, I enjoy your stuff too. Um, Rachna is, yeah, the, they're one of my favorite artists. So like, and the, it's kind of crazy. Cause like the script that they sent me over, uh, when I first read it, I was like, yo, I was like, cause we told each other, we were like, we want to do this like with 10 pages each. Like it's like an even amount from each person. And I, she sent me their script and I was like, man, you know, I might do this a disservice, but you know, I'm going to do the best that I can. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna, yeah, it's, it's going to be the, like, uh, she gave me a script. that's like about like androids and artificial intelligence. So I've never gotten to draw anything like that. So it'll be super fun. Um, and hopefully Sick. people like it. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Nothing but positivity here on the Gutter Boys. Yeah, we put over DC. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> Hell is officially frozen over. Hey, anything if it pisses off a Comics Gate nerd, then you know what? Fine, I'll put you over. Yeah, it's cool. Straight up. I think that's it, man. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. Yeah, All right, cool. It. Well, yeah. hey, um, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Gutter Boys. We're gonna try and make these a little more regular. I say that knowing that that's probably a lie look uh, y'all are gonna get do... y'all are gonna get two a month we don't know what day but you're gonna get two maybe. a month at least maybe i feel maybe. like we can do two a month i think we, we do. haven't we, really we i feel usually, like we've done we do about two a yeah. month okay that's realistic right. i mean we've been doing it since two february it's july and this is episode 12 yeah so that's true although i think it's because at the very beginning we were doing weekly weekly yeah so we're gonna shoot for two times a month y'all i think that's probably yeah, gonna be i mean unless you guys want to pay us yeah then we'll, we'll go every week but be on the lookout for two episodes a month our uh, we've yeah. actually got yay one's gonna be on the show soon uh they're yeah. working on tracking down a mic and then um we've got blake blake has to get blake's got to get a mic yeah um and then we've got vigo pablo or pablo vigo vigo pablo on instagram <laughs> um but pablo vigo is gonna be on the show soon uh <laughs> Argentinian based cartoonist that makes really great work. And we're going to talk to them about, you know, the scene internationally because, you know, we're trapped in America and how we do things here. So it'll be interesting to see perspective of someone else that's in indie comics from, you know, another part of the world. So we've got some heat coming up and uh, we're going to try to get two out a month. I don't think that's too unreasonable. So uh, says the guy that doesn't have to edit these. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, true. that's mighty big of you, true. Cam. That's true. true. Yeah, we can true. definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out as many as JB can in his uh, slave shop over there. Um, also, if you want to Venmo me at Mort Crimp Junior, by all means, bonus content for our. Uh, gutter nation uh team members hey, whatever you want to i'll tell you it. what gutter gang we had some spicy shit talking that is not going to make the final cut of this episode that's true yeah. if you want to hear that paypal jb50 and me 25 and we will send you the unedited audio clip yeah you can get all the sweet scoops yeah because was... we cannot really air because <laughs> if we, we did would, we would be we canceled would. yeah well not canceled more so just um banned from shows yeah yeah from particular um, shows not because we're like you know like predators or whatever but um i i actually as soon as i said that i was thinking that you and me cosplaying as predator <laughs> <laughs> that's where no, my mind it, went it, it's not because we're predators it's because believe it or not there's politics in comics yeah right so, man, um, it is a lot like wrestling isn't yeah it? It, it is man it's, you got to shake everybody's like, hand and everybody acts cool with each other but not Man, everybody's cool with each doors. other. Yep. People are fucking fighting tooth and nail for yeah. their their piece of the small shitty pie. Yep. So hit us up if you're interested in our uh, shit talking segments. We can possibly work that out for you for a payment, and you have to sign an NDA. Yeah, it's so. uh, it's going to be our new uh, tier for donations uh, called uh, Gutter Boys Uncensored. The real gutter. Gutter Boys After Dark. There you go. And so if you if you want a piece of that, hey, let us uh, know. Me. Yeah, yeah, slide into know. our DMs. Let uh, us know with your money. <laughs> yep. You can hear some dirt. Uh oh, also, hey, uh, before we go, thanks to everybody that bought a shirt. Oh yeah. Our f- first official Gutter Boys t shirt was a success, I would say. Yeah, it was um, I'm I'm not looking forward to packing all those up. Uh, mainly because I don't have a printer, so I'm gonna have to like handwrite the addresses on there. But I'll get through it. And uh, you guys should have those in three to four weeks, probably. I've already got the order in, so uh, it's just a matter of them getting printed and shipped to me. So appreciate everybody that bought one of those. Uh, there will be more in the future. And uh, if you're a cartoonist that listens to this show and you can come up with like a dumbass design, pitch it at us. See what Actually, we can do. Actually, don't do that. Well, if you're my don't, friend, don't pitch it that. at me. If you're my friend. Yeah, even then, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need any. We we already have like I feel like five ideas that we still have to like lay out. Yeah, True. I'm still very much for doing our own version of the uh, Calvin Hobbes pissing. Yeah, thing. Yeah, I, the I classic, agree. the all time banger bootleg. R. Kelly pissing, but he looks like Calvin. I was hoping of just like two Calvins and one in like flipped upside down, and so they're just pissing on each other. An Ouroboros of piss. Yeah, exactly. Like pissing in each other's mouths. Hell kind yeah. of like a, like a yin yang, and then symbol. we send one to Bill Waterson, and he's just yeah, like, I think he would like that. This is why I never signed off on merch. And he's just like, wow, I'm calling the police <laughs> right now. I'm calling the police as as I as I type this into my phone. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, those shirt sales are much appreciated. I believe that's going to go towards um, cocaine, mm-hmm. um, and uh, jewel pods. And, you know, just the typical stuff that podcasters need. Yeah. No, I think most of it's going to go towards our uh, our hotel room that we will need to use for recording purposes and also to sleep, I guess. I think that's what people do. Um, 
for SPX, which I feel like we've talked about SPX at least once every episode so far. It's like the Grammys, so, you know. It really is. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, we'll be there, though. It's like a month and a half away, and, you know, we told you about our new books, so... uh we need to try to see if we can table together because we have two tables technically. Uh, we're going to try to get them pushed together. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that we'll see a lot of you all there. All right. Well, until next time, uh, shut up. Shut up.